right, guys, circle around. We got a we got a big a big game that we've landed, and I need you to tell me the things that you know about ET that we might include in this video game. Uh, it's green. I'm sorry. Lime green. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess a forest could be reduced to the color green, but I want I want you to think like the iconic scenes, like the moon and the bicycle. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's afraid of holes. What? He, yeah, he falls into holes. Hates the moon because uh, the craters, so he's falling into holes. He, I okay. I didn't. You know, I I saw I saw it a couple of weeks ago, so maybe I don't remember. He falls. I don't remember any part of the movie where he's he's worried about holes. Oh, I I got something. Oh, great, that great, should definitely great. definitely be in the game. No bikes. Uh, uh, I'm okay now. I'm Zero positive. bikes. You know, it's 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 the '80s, so we don't have the internet. But I'm almost positive the poster itself. Wait, what? What did you say? What? We don't have the what? The <laughs> what don't we have? <laughs> oh, oh, I, I gotta go. She got into a time machine. <laughs> We fall down wells and collect Reese's Pieces and phone pieces in the legendary Atari bomb E.T. the Extraterrestrial this week on How Did This Get Played? Blap. (laughs) Blap. Blap. Welcome to How Did This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest video games of all time. I'm Nick Weiger, across from Heather Ann Campbell. Hi, I'm Heather Ann Campbell, and I'm right beside Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello! Everyone! Got some lung capacity there. I didn't even prep for that. I just yeah. happened while I was, I was like, ah, I guess I'll just do this. I'm impressed. Thanks. It's like circular breathing. All right. Uh, hey, <laughs> it's a technique if you're playing woodwinds or brass instruments. Okay. You breathe in through your nose while you're, you're exhaling through your pipes. Yeah. It's a, um, uh, the, the plumbing that you got attached to your mouth if you're playing a woodwind or a brass instrument. It's what, how Kenny G holds a super long note in a concert. Huh. That's, That's how, how he does it, huh? That's how he does it. Great. Yeah. But you know, we're not here to talk about sax work. Nope. We're talking about games, famously bad games, particularly this week. However, before we descend into gaming hell, it is time, as we always do, to spend 70 seconds in gaming heaven. Matt, start us off. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So, <laughs> I don't know what I expected there. Uh, so, I've been playing some more Death Stranding, still in Death Stranding. I'm still stranding. Nice. I'm still stranding. I'm, I'm still, still stranding. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it's a fuck. Uh, it's so fucking good. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. I love the plot developments. I love the the way I'm interacting with uh, BTS now. You get you get another cuff upgrade that lets you just interact with them in a different way. I'll try to be this as circular, talk as generally as possible so as not to spoil the game. But it's so fucking good. I just the, the just can the world is so cool to explore and expand. Um, you wanted to talk about something that's gaming related. Yeah, I saw the Sonic movie and. You know what? It was pretty okay. Wow. Uh, I, 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 I mean, it's not a good movie, but sure. it's not a bad movie. And and really, you you expect a Sonic movie to be bad, right? And there's like a couple. I mean, there's at least one joke that actually made me laugh out loud. Wow. Hey, that counts for something. And that's a huge win in a gaming movie for kids. So you know, I if it's still never mind. It we're done. <laughs> <laughs> You know, far above the threshold of 
okay is our guest this week. He's one of our favorites, an actor, comedian, and musician from Netflix's Love and the podcast In Voorhees We Trust with Gourley and Rust. Paul Russ is here. Hi, Paul. Hey, hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Hi, Paul. Good to see you, Heather. Good, Good to see you, Matt. Hey, Nick, Good everyone. To see you too. Thank you. So, so happy to have you here. Uh, Russ, we, we, Heather and I have known you for a long time. I feel like I, I, you are not a gamer. I've never, I feel like I've never heard of you talking about playing games all that much. That's interesting. Did you guys, uh, was that like a... A conversation I wasn't privy to early on in our improv team, the two of you guys being like, gosh, what's up with that nerd who doesn't play video games? That fucking dork who doesn't play video games. I I have to admit, I don't think Nick and I ever had a conversation before it was recorded. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I guess maybe I I left some breadcrumbs and it it didn't seem like I was much of a gamer. Uh, I don't hate on it. Right. I ain't a hater. No, you just got (laughs) to. Different hobbies and interests, which is totally fine. That's right. That's right. But I do, and sometimes I do play, sometimes I do indulge every once in a while in a videoed game. Uh, And uh, I I can have moments that are, I would say, uh, they're fun Mm. to loving it, to truly transcendent moments that could only happen playing a video game. So, yeah, you know. What what are your some of your like like what what comes to mind in that regard? Well, like what, any games in particular where you've had that sort of reaction, or just any gaming favorites? Oh, oh yeah, I played Cubert a lot. Cubert, Cubert, and to see something you could complete like Phil on your oh, own, yeah. whatever juices that pumped out out of my brain that made me happy are. Not juices. It's it's a different feeling of joy, yeah, than other feelings of joy. It's, it's like completionist joy. It's like right. I, I've solved a problem and it's and it's done forever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It was a a a, a, a altogether dramaless, consequentless problem that I solved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cubert is one of those things that was at a time so big. Like Cubert was huge, and I feel like it's basically. Not completely disappeared from pop culture, but has definitely faded. It's 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 akin. I'm trying to think of something else. Like what what I was thinking of was like Perfect Strangers, which was like a huge sitcom in the 80s and early 90s. That I feel like no one has any like like people remember it, but it certainly hasn't endured in the collective consciousness. The, the, wait, go ahead. Well, the no. Well, we say I was gonna say Perfect Strangers was the one where it was like a guy from another country yes. and his. Brother-in-law or something? Yes. Okay. Balky and okay. Cousin Larry. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was Perfect Strangers was a show about a guy who lived in the country and his cousin was Cubert. <laughs> yeah. So it really that was that was a different show. Stands to reason. Yeah. What you with what you said, <laughs> I can see why you right. made the connection. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were thinking of something different, but yeah, that would have been a more to use that sitcom would have been a better example. Uh, I think the. <laughs> Because Cubert, his he hasn't really had. There hasn't really been another big Cubert game since I think like Cubert was there. I don't remember was there a Cubert sequel, Cubert remake. I mean, was what would Kubert you remake? remake? Yeah, that's just it's such it's such I simple think, gameplay. Well, I think I got onto the second wave of Cubert uh, Steria, as it's known, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, which was uh, Nintendo's version of it. I think people 
first liked it with Atari. Yes. And, and, uh, uh, I think it might have been originally, yeah, originally arcade. And then, yeah, I think it ultimately got ported to, to NES. Yeah. In the now the goal of Cubert, if I remember correctly, is that you ha- you have to march on every square in or hop on every square uh-huh. in a in a playfield, and there are snakes trying to stop you. Right. Yeah, the, yeah. the the playfield is kind of shaped like a pyramid, and so it's like a bunch of a bunch of cubes that are tessellated, and then you're kind of you can hop between them, you know, diagonally. You fucking it's slightly just threw down the word tessellated. Yeah, <laughs> slightly. Uh, well, like uh, I don't know what that is, tessellated, but uh, it's like you can cover an area with the same shape. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> like you can cover an indeterminate sized area, like area with the same geometric. Oh, okay. Shape. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, I mean, I knew that in second grade when I was playing, and it's weird that I did it. <laughs> I forgot that now. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, and it had a little bit of a. Um, uh, like a Rubik's cube element, yeah, which is sure. you try to get change the color of the square and make it all blue, all red. But you can undo your own progress yes. as you, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure as a yeah, a young child with a you know obsessive compulsive disorder, there right. was something that felt very <laughs> satisfying about like changing all the colors. <laughs> yeah, Hubert changes the colors. <laughs> It's like you're tidying up the play field. It yep. really is. You're like you're yeah. getting everything back in order. Yeah. He also had a good sound, I think, right? It was like, brep, brep. Yeah, good yeah. sound. It was a good sound. You're right. You yeah. just uh, brought me back there, yeah. Good character design, too. Just very simple, but worked very well at the, you know, um, uh, the, the level of graphics they could realize. Like, very identifiable. It's just orange guy with the big schnoz. He yep. couldn't fire anything out of his schnoz, could he? He couldn't, like, like, he wasn't like Birdo, right? No, it wasn't like Birdo. I think I was just thinking of Birdo. That made me, I was like, oh, were they like kind of like black little cannonballs? But I think there might be, might have been evil Cuberts hmm. that like would shoot. Nope. It's just Birdo. <laughs> yeah, I'm hardly, I'm hardly a Cubert expert. I definitely played it a little bit, but I don't remember. But you could, could also, one wrong move and you could fall off that pyramid. It's true. So it was also, uh, uh, but those snakes, you're right, Heather. They didn't like Cubert. No, they they had problems with Cubert, and I think one of the known things about him is when he got, uh, when he died, a little fake. Um, you know, when you're a kid mm-hmm. and you'd see curse words in Mad Magazine or something that are oh, like, right. like pound sign, exclamation point, squiggle. They had Cubert. They did they that. Had a little so, word bubble. so yeah. like when Which he died, he was again. like. <laughs> yeah, the, the coily little snakes Fuck that were bouncing. <laughs> uh, yeah, the little coily snakes, they were all wound up like a spring. Um, and uh, yeah, you just had to avoid all these guys. I, I, I Did you guys see Pixels? The Adam Sandler movie Pixels? Well, hold on. Uh, just looking at Cubert yeah. uh, right now, I'm like, I know what his, his, the appeal is. It's like looking at a goddamn mirror. Cubert <laughs> <laughs> is me. I see me in Cubert. <laughs> it was me out there. Uh, sorry, uh, Pixels, yes. Yeah, yes. Pixels. I didn't see it. So uh, it's Adam Sandler film uh, with Gad. Is one of the one of the supporting <laughs> characters is Gad. Kevin James is the president, um, and you know it's like he aliens. goes by his last name now. He goes by just Gad. I think he's dropped the Josh. It's cleaner. Um, so <laughs> it's so. But anyway, Gad in the movie 
has a romance with <gasps> a with Cubert who turns into a sexy woman, and then they have Cubert babies. Oh so my effectively, god! I did not know this. Effectively, Gad fucks Cubert in Pixels. What in the <laughs> nose? No, they just it's off screen. But he fucks pick he fucks Cubert. But so she becomes a lady. She becomes a sexy lady, and then they fall in love, and then there's a there later you see them with the babies, and they're half Gad, half Cubert. Why? Whoa! Why? I gotta see the hybrid because that sounds. Uh... I mean, I I, I this sh- I should have seen it. I love Sandman. Mm-hmm. I lo- I love video games. Yeah. Why didn't I see Pixels in the theater? It was because the reviews were so so mean. I mean, it's a yeah. baffling film, but it is kind of fascinating to watch, and it's got some it's got some good fan service and from a video game standpoint, and yeah. it's got some got some laughs. Yeah. You know, like 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 the the bar is pretty low for comedies these days. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like you know like like. Sonic the Hedgehog in your assessment, it's it's got a few things that you'll laugh at. But Sonic was good, though. Sonic was medium good. Okay, well, I was just talking purely from a comedic standpoint. Yeah. I, Pixels might be okay. It's an okay movie. It's not terrible. But as far yeah. as v- movies based on video games yes. that are, or, or not like on p- particular titles, just the gaming world, that are comedies, mm-hmm. um, what is the funniest yeah, I don't know. They haven't they're even usually, been that much. They're like dark. They're usually yeah. pretty dark. I feel like that's yeah. It's they're they're trying to be cool or edgy or like edgy in a PG thirteen way. That was certainly yeah. like the Mortal Kombat <laughs> uh, movies, which are decent. I, I'm I'm just looking through video game adaptations into movies. Uh, certainly, we played Postal recently. That's an attempt at a comedy, but I don't know if that would that would be a movie that qualifies as funny. Certainly, attempting to be funny. Detective Pikachu, I, to me, more sweet than funny, although it does have some laughs. But it feels like it's more of one that's going for like a like a legit sort of. Caper, not caper movie, mystery uh, film. Uh-huh. Um, and then I guess the ones that are straight comedies are like ones like Jumanji and Wreck-It Ralph, which aren't strict adaptations. They're more just like using the right. pastiche of video games. Mm-hmm. So um, by Same the way- with Pixels, which- Yes. Uh, God damn it, which means there is a open hole for an adaptation of a movie, of a, of a video game that's- Really funny. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be awesome if someone what could, could it pull be? it off. What What do you think the funniest video game, if ad- adapted with Leisure Suit Larry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would that make everyone laugh from beginning to end of the movie? I think the issue that people might not be able to laugh because they might be too horny. Yes, that's <laughs> they're right. all jacking <laughs> off when they should be laughing. Look at uh, Porky's Three. That yeah. was a huge hit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, some of the, the, the LucasArts adventures had the, the classic LucasArts adventures had good senses of humor, you know. Maniac Mansion. Ma- yeah, I mean, the Maniac Mansion franchise could maybe be a, a Which was a movie. TV show. Oh, that, that's right. Yeah. They had a cartoon or, or was no, it a live action live TV action show? live action with Joe Flaherty. I watched it. <laughs> God, what a weird thing. I watched thing. it. <laughs> how, did, how much of it did, did you watch it while it aired? Uh, no, because it wasn't necessarily my thing. And it was hard to find out what um, night it was on. <laughs> like I, I just, like, maybe it was going up against something I really wanted to see, like uh, uh, Cuckoo's uh, Farm <laughs> instead of Maniac right. Mansion. Um, it, I was on the Family Channel in the U.S., which I that I don't does not exist anymore. Yeah, with uh, f- created by Eugene Levy. That's right. Wow. Yeah. What the game or the show? The show. The wow. TV show. Sixty-six episodes they did. Holy wow. sixty-six yeah. episodes of a Maniac Mansion. 
TV show. And so again, just way, so kind of memory hole. By you mentioning the Lucas thing, we mm-hmm. back ended into going like, oh, you know what? There was a comedy based on a video game. Yeah. Uh, it might not have been a movie, but uh, hey, we got to the bottom of it. <laughs> there we go. Isn't that the point of this uh, podcast? We're here to <laughs> solve fact, mysteries. That's, that's what, we've been looking for that answer since we started the yeah. show. And now we can finally end it. That's it. That's it. We're done. <laughs> I was bored out of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, uh, because we had uh, your podcast in Voorhees We Trust with Gorley and Rust, uh, with uh, Matt Gorley, the great Matt Gorley, who was on our show to review the Friday the 13th NES game, um, which is bad, but interesting and and, and certainly ambitious. Uh, have you ever messed around as, as such a big horror fan? Have you ever messed around with any horror video games? Well, I played that new Friday the 13th game. Oh, yes. Yeah. You can play as counts, uh, like as campers or as, as Jason. Yeah. I almost just said as Freddy, which would be weird. <laughs> Those are two options, campers or a character from a different franchise. Uh, that would be awesome, that obviously. Would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, from Nick's lips to God's hips. <laughs> uh, God's ears. <laughs> yeah, I, so I played the new Friday 13th game. Did any of you play that? I've not no. played it. Uh, but it's a game where you play with others, mm-hmm. so you can't right. really play play it against a computer so you're either Jason trying to kill people uh, you're playing against or uh, you're one of the people and I feel when I'm Jason when the roll of the dice is I'm Jason uh, I feel a lot of pressure yeah and I can tell I'm not I'm ruining people's fun <laughs> uh, I'm like the guy at a Vegas casino who's like making people stop playing their game so I can ask questions on like how to play the game because like I, I <laughs> yeah. just feel like uh, Jason is, it's hard they're better than the, maybe there's a word for playing with others anonymously multiplayer pressure multiplayer uh, pressure yeah, I think that's a pretty common phenomenon. I've certainly felt it. I mean, any any sort of team-based game. If, I, if I've played any, any MOBAs, and I've played very little of them because it hasn't quite clicked for me, and I'm also bad at it. But, uh, you know, when I play, like, like Heroes of the Storm, I just, like, I, I, like, I know I'm doing the wrong thing. And, I, and the only way I could play is if I was playing with, like, an entire team of people that I know that we were all on video chat, and they could, like, help me and also not be mad at me uh, <laughs> yeah. because I was going to fuck something up. But if it was just some, some anonymous person online, yeah, I feel so guilty about disappointing them, their, play, uh, their playing experience. Yeah. Um, Heather, did you ever uh, – are you, have you messed around with any – I know you, you played a lot of multiplayer Last of Us. Yes. Is that team-based or is that all? It is team-based. Okay. Uh, it's called Factions and you have like four or five player. I think it's five, uh, maybe six. I don't know. Characters on each side. And it's just war. I mean, it's just killing each other. There's no r- real strategy. Right. <laughs> I mean, you just in a group like, hey, don't go over there. And then you kill people. There's, so there's not a lot of coordination within your squad. I mean, there, there. So there's a, a mode where you have to crack a safe. Okay. And then I feel like there's more coordination because you have to have somebody covering while somebody's cracking. Right. Uh, but I didn't have like a go-to group of people to play with, so I was always just thrown in with randos, and oftentimes would just be like, "Hey, somebody, I'm opening the safe. Anyone wanna? <laughs> anyone wanna?" I mean, they're coming towards me. They can see. They, I can see them coming, and I'm dead. <laughs> nobody, nobody came. Okay, well, I guess we're gonna lose this one, guys. Okay. So you're on the other end yeah. of. You have like, been kicked from yeah. match. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> 
Uh, so you mentioned Qbert. Any other video game, like uh, any video games you played? Uh, I mean, do you have a video game system currently? Yes, um, I have a, a PS4. What What have you played on that besides Friday the Thirteenth? I played uh, the Battlefront games, the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. There you yeah. go. Star, yeah, I played the Star Wars games. <laughs> <laughs> I like Battlefront one more than two, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, um, isn't that funny that there's such an inborn needing to rank anything Star Wars? <laughs> like, I think two of them, I will rank one above the other. Uh, uh, yeah, and then, oh, uh, like a, I like racing games. I like cars. You like ca- racing games? Racing games. Wow. Like really fun. So I uh, play uh, like a Grand Theft Auto or something uh-huh. like that. Wait. Uh, that was... Grant, you think of Grand Theft Auto no, as a no, racing no. game? No, 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 sorry, sorry. The one that was, uh, Jesse Pinkman was in the movie. Oh, Need for Speed. Need for ah, Speed. Yeah, yeah, Need yeah. For Speed. <laughs> right, that's the Jesse Pinkman movie. <laughs> yeah. Need for Speed. The sorry, one with the car. Yeah. If you said the Jesse Pinkman movie, the one with the car name, I'm sure the first everybody would say Need for Speed. I like the idea of Grand Theft Auto as a racing game, though. If yeah. you like, gave it to somebody yeah. and you're like, oh, man, you could just race it. Any car in this game? <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah, so I like uh, the feeling of driving fast, and mm. uh, it's really fun to play here in L.A. when you're bumper to bumper a lot mm. of the time. To be right. Able to, like, Do you have a steering wheel? Uh, no. That'd be fun, though. Yeah, maybe get one. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to game. No, but if I love racing games. Yeah, yeah. why not yeah. get a specific peripheral? I will say that the uh, that the Need for Speed games, I'm trying to remember which one it was. Mm. Was it Hot Pursuit? The first one that that introduced yeah. the concept of it was like a police chase. Mm-hmm. Where Those games were, that was so fucking fun. I they played the Hot shit out Pursuit of it. I so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the fan- they sort of fallen off with the franchise because I've, I've just been playing fewer racing games in general with my gaming time. But but what do you, like, Which what's the last one you were messing around with gate uh with cars yeah need for speed need for speed okay. yeah but it was like uh when you were talking about it right now i was thinking like oh they're fun uh either way in the same way like uh, car chases are in movies yes when you need to get away and evade that's exciting mm-hmm. but when you are in pursuit of something and you're speeding to get a uh like once a uh, bullet and one's French connection. Yeah. Guys. Hey, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, all right. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It is like, yeah, it is a real hoot to be on either side of that. Uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, Heather, what is your, we've talked about racing games a little bit before. Uh-huh. I know you talked about yep. episode one, Pod Racer, I feel like is the last one. I like that one. That you, that we, but, but uh, like, I forget what your history is with racing I really games. like Burnout. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. the Burnout uh, games. The ones where you crash yes. on purpose and things explode or you like drive cars off the road. Whoa. Uh, and then there are, there's a level or a mode where you have to create the largest multiple car wreck (laughs) (laughs) like chain reaction like you have a you can like trigger when your car explodes post impact so you crash into a car and then that car crashes into a car and that car crashes into a car and it's all in slow motion and then once your car tumbles into sort of the middle of the pack then you can trigger that your car blows up it's kind of a grim (laughs) grim game grim Rube Goldberg, yeah. sort of like, yeah. uh, we're going to set up these different uh, machinations to... And then Mario Kart. Everybody everybody races a Mario Kart. Yeah. For sure. Yes. And yeah. I've done um, 
what is it? The the big one. The, the Gran Turismo? Yeah, Gran Turismo, but only enough to race the car that I own. <laughs> I tell you, the racing sims. <laughs> wait, 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 which car was that? Uh, 1970s Datsun. They, in the game, it's a 240. Mm. Uh, but I, I'm like... I want to, I want to see what it would be like if I could drive my car real fast. Uh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> I will say that the, I I can understand that specific appeal, but as someone who's not like much of a driver, like I don't like to drive, like the simulation racing games never clicked for me. It has to be like very arcadey. Yeah. I, I, I don't like like the Gran Turismo's Forces of the World. I just never really could get into. I can yeah. appreciate the the design at at play. If well, you could yeah. race any kind of vehicle that exists mm-hmm. in a game, what vehicle, like, for example, forklift racing, yes. what would you want to be your racing vehicle? Oh, I think I, I think I know. Okay, go. One of those F-Zero cars. Oh, those are cool oh, as hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. To be holding a Super Nintendo paddle in my hands yeah. and seeing what looked like sort of the shape of the car in front, like, it was so... It felt so good to play up <laughs> Oh, my God. Because I loved racing games, and I love future. Uh-huh. Just anything. Yeah. So, oh, my gosh. Racing <laughs> games plus future. <laughs> Sign me up. Is that what the F and F zero was? Yeah, it was for future, future zero. <laughs> Matt, did you like mess around with the F zero games? I know you think that uh, space is better than old. I do think space is better than old. I did not really play F zero. The racing game that I played a lot was uh, Need for Speed Underground. Oh, okay. That was around yeah. the time the Fast and Furious movies started to become very popular, and they were about street racing and modifying your car. And uh, this might surprise people, but I was weirdly about that life. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that seems like a cool thing to do. What are you talking about? When I came, uh, drove up to the building, you were doing donuts in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. And car. I do live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I live my life a quarter pounder at a time. <laughs> uh, the the uh, yeah F Zero so the the soundtrack is so fucking good too. Like the music in F Zero yeah. is so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love I, lo- I love the shit out of it. Boy, uh, yeah. We haven't really dug into those games at all. But those are that that like that future racer yeah. genre is such like a cool fun thing to fuck around with. If you did cover the F Zero games, you should rate them on a scale of like zero to zero. And I'm not. A mathematician, but is there some like gap at all between zero? Yeah, <laughs> is there a gap five between zero? Negative point five. I think it's less than zero. Yeah. Okay. I think that, I think it's tough to because zero is just nothingness. I think it's tough to figure out an intermediary between two zeros. I mean, maybe but you could probably figure out degrees of nothingness. Yeah, maybe how many decimal <laughs> points follow a zero. Yeah. I mean, they are all mathematically equivalent, but yeah. maybe that could, could... So it'd be like 0.00 is a sec- essentially a three, whereas 0.0000 would be uh, uh, five, right? Yeah. Which is, which is la- worse. Right. <laughs> Got it. I don't know. I'm trying to just... No, thank you. That was like awesome. Uh Paul, do you, did you ever? So we're playing an Atari twenty six hundred video game uh, for this week's episode. It, it, it's, it's, you're playing Super Nintendo. You're playing Nintendo. Did you ever mess around with an Atari twenty six hundred back in the day? Uh, the lore in our house was we had one, but somebody stepped on it. Whoa! Whoa. Yeah, we don't know. I never figured out the somebody like a giant. <laughs> well, we. Lived next to a beanstalk. <laughs> That's probably what happened. Probably an unruly giant pulled a reverse jack. 
came oh, down. Oh, man, came I reverse jacked world. before I gave it the title. <laughs> <laughs> Where the cub goes back in. Uh, so I don't remember... <laughs> I have faint memories. Uh, my two, I had two older sisters mm-hmm. who were born in 74 and 77, so I think they got a taste of it. Right. And grandpa and grandma had one, but we, we it's a bother to bring out and play. That was the refrain I always heard visiting grandpa and grandma. I was like, you guys got an Atari? Can we play? No, it's too complicated. It was just like they didn't want to have us play video games. So this I'm fascinated by because – my grandma and grandpa also had an Atari 2600. Interesting. Basically just for grandkids. Had it like there's a bunch of different oh. grandkids. It wasn't for that. They would they never played it, but they had it up there and I think they were just sort of like, "Oh, we should get a video game system for kids." And by the time like it was it it was already like old, like Nintendo was already out, so it like felt like super <laughs> duper old. So that was my experience playing it, like playing like having NES at home and then going to my grandma's house for the weekend and then playing Atari 2600. Uh, in like 1987, so it like was like you know way uh, outdated and felt like a huge step back technologically. <laughs> but was, it, it was is the Atari 2600 four bit, or is yes, it, I think I mean I think that that's how you'd classify it. It's a four bit system, and then Nintendo was eight bit. Yeah, and and it had you know the big the big difference, the big innovation of Nintendo, which our younger listeners maybe aren't aren't as uh, aware of, is but that before the NES or the Famicom in Japan. Uh, these systems had joysticks, so like an arcade, so like right. the control mechanism was primarily directional with like one or two buttons of input yeah. versus they, when they, when it changed to the gamepad, it completely changed how, how games were designed and played. Truth, yeah. Um, that's right. So, so Atari Twenty Six Hundred had a joystick. Yeah, it had like this like sort of retro wood paneling look to it, uh, and very technologically crude. Uh, I mean the. I have the specs here. It had f- the resolution was forty by one ninety two, so just like a tiny, <laughs> tiny dis- um, uh, like you know display. Uh, in Would absolute you say terms. how many bits was it? A four bit system. So I'd have to, in order to get an Atari, give two shaves and two haircuts to somebody. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how the math would work out. I think that Four would be Yeah, it's a lot of oh my lot of labor. Wow. Uh, yeah. And you know, and count the time that elapsed between when two bit four bit conversation first came up. Right. And me saying that, <laughs> the loser I was was just sitting on it. Look, that's my move on this podcast. <laughs> Sit on a joke and bring it up five minutes too late. So I admire it. Um, 128 colors and then two channels of mono sound. Like that's, it just, it's just very, really couldn't do all my that much. Favorite's that it, it has such a specific tone to it. And like it makes like a blip. Like, yeah. like it's yeah. like that's like the main sound of like an Atari's blip burps and farts. yeah it's it's like it, like oh it's on a, the show I've I've brought up the Pac Man sound yes. before which is so funny to me it's like bark 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 so like aggressive the, the twenty six hundred port of Pac Man was awful yeah and yeah that the the sound just it just completely did not click with what you can, knew of Pac Man can we please game. can we please hear it again can we please hear it again it's one of my favorite sounds like my favorite sounds in the world include the fam the family feud buzzer uh, uh yes. which is the funniest sound that's yes. ever mm-hmm. been made by anybody uh the pac-man blip is really funny mm-hmm. uh and then i think the selection 
uh, sound in a Final Fantasy game. Like mm. the ba-ding, ba-ding, ba-ding. Yeah, that's, that's a really nice. good that's sound. Pleasant. But let's, uh, please, let me please hear the blip from Pac-Man. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that actually like if you imagine Pac-Man's go- each one of those is going through a day? That's like what our experience is most of the time. Just, ah, 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 ah. Well, that was a week. I'm just eating, eating, sleeping, shitting. It's the sound of a machine in pain. <laughs> I love Pac-Man, the yeah. arcade game, though. Arcade oh, game's yeah. great. Oh my gosh, I, it's fucking great. I've lost so many hours playing that. It's got good sound. Did yeah. you play? Did you play? Yes. Like, that's a nice sound. It's great. It's, it's oh. and it's memorable. And even the the gobbling sound is great. Yeah. Uh, and you know the <laughs> action is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Mars attacks aliens. <laughs> uh, did you play? Did you guys mess around with Pac-Man Championship Edition? Yeah. For Modern consoles. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a great. It's game. So fun. It's super great. If you're a Pac-Man fan, you oh, should check it out. Yeah. I, th- I bet there's a PS4 port. It's, it's great. Uh, it's oh. awesome. It's great. It's, I definitely it's, do that. It's like, a, I mean, I don't even, it's like super fast, but not uncontrollable. Yeah. It's great. Oh, good. And like the board changes in cool Pac-Man ways. Championship. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seems fun. So I, I, we want to talk about E.T. with you, Paul, in part because E.T., as is my understanding, is your favorite movie. Is that correct? Is that still the case? Uh, yes. The, uh, that's funny that you combined the two facts you knew about me. Not much of a gamer. This guy's a weird E.T. person. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I know more about you than that. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. Oh, most definitely. Most, oh, I didn't mean to imply that that was the the, the only two bits. <laughs> uh, uh, but yes, I love E.T. so much. I love it as a film, and I love it more as a video game. <laughs> oh, so you like oh, the adaptation no. more? Yes. Wow, okay. yep, yeah. Oh, God. The movie, the movie is shit compared to the video game. <laughs> I'm shocked. Wow, that's, yeah. you are unique in that. What? You, got, you in disagree with me? In the history of, of everything. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. wild. That's wild to me. Uh, the, what, what do you love about the movie? Why does it connect with you so much? Hmm. Well, I'll try to keep this brief. Try to put on your own uh, you know, second counter for me with my love for E.T. Because <laughs> I could go on and on. Take, take as much uh, time no. as you need. But uh, 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 I like um, that um, it's a, a movie with spaceships and aliens. <laughs> I like space more than old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's in a very uh, recognizable, almost naturalistic neighborhood that feels very real and you buy into it and then an alien shows up and even though it's filled with special effects and was a big blockbuster movie that touched the world uh, uh, I feel like at its heart it is a very uh, personal film mm. uh, and does uh, is sort of a I'd say the best at representing the experience of childhood and so and also just like the the sometimes the little kid blues that you feel sure. when you're a kid i think the the sadness of loss and stuff that you feel as a kid uh, uh it's just it, and uh, i saw it at the right time and it, uh, uh and as i grow up it it uh you know it's one of those movies a favorite cuz you keep 
going back, you can keep going back and getting rewarded with new things. So that that's happening still. Heather, do you like E.T. the film? The only thing I remember, I haven't seen E.T. for many, 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 many mm. years. And the only thing I remember is that he gets drunk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like yeah. he, he like waddles over to the fridge. And I, when I saw it, I didn't understand that because I, my, so my grandmother showed it to me. Uh, before I was allowed to see it, mm. like she, like I was, I was too young to sh- see it, and she showed it to me in part, I think, because she was a mean person. <laughs> uh, but I didn't understand the relationship between like characters or like events in movies yet. Yeah, and I and I saw E.T. drinking, and I knew that was bad. Got it. Right. But then I saw Elliot getting punished. And I didn't know Elliot was feeling what E.T. felt. I was yeah. just like, oh, if you drink, other people get sick. Whoa, whoa. Uh, yeah. And that's like the only thing I can really remember. And then I've seen the Flying Bikes montage so many yeah. times in like Oscars footage or whatever. Right, yes. but I, I know that part. But I honestly don't know why they're on the bikes. That's how long it's been. Yeah. Uh, where, where I, you, you are like visibly shaking when I'm like, <laughs> when I'm like. Yeah, so I don't really know anything about E.T. And you're like, God! (laughs) Well, they're being pursued by the FBI, who is also an antagonist in this game. FBI and scientists are the two two bad guys that you face, the two human bad guys who are trying to go after E.T. You know, you mentioned that that bike scene, which is where the score memorably soars. Yeah. And, of course, that is reflected in its own way in the video game adaptation. Uh, (laughs) Do we have a little bit from the... uh, of the music from E.T. the video game? Yeah, we do. Here we go. So good. (laughs) My heart is soaring right now. I like... All of these old games had either had, like, not quite the license to the music, so they would be a little bit off every time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just the ability to hit a note right. Right. Yeah. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I just Uh, feel... You guys can see I'm in tears right now. Yeah. (laughs) That was so moving to me. I I just... It was was beautiful. Somebody should strip out... Maybe this exists. Somebody should strip out the scene and replace it with... Oh, my God. So funny. (laughs) And put... Yes, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, It's always always the kind of thing of, like... When I hear old video game sounds like that or the Pac-Man, you know, chomp effect, I just think of some fucking like some mom who's like working like a 60 hour week as an RN trying to support her kids. And he's got a she's comes home and like the little bit of time she has, he's taken over the TV and is playing fucking E.T. And she's just hearing like the shittiest like sub mini version. And that's what she has to come home to. Um, It's so yeah, it's so fucking it's really this and also the Ghostbusters theme from Atari 2600 or both ones where it's just like you know the real thing and it's such a piss poor reflection of of that. We can't mention it and then not hear the yeah, Ghostbusters theme. We gotta hear the Ghostbusters theme. Like Indiana Jones was bum ba dum bum bum ba dum and then I'm sorry it was like bum ba dum bum bum ba bum 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 ba dum bum 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 it's like making you like no stop
Ah. Hey. God. Matt. Fuck. Matt, when are you going to play the video game version? This is the original version. What? <laughs> this one's better than it's the way better. Version. It's way better. It's funky. It makes use of that second track to kind of have some percussive elements, which makes it feel more alive. But yeah, the league's better than the E.T. score uh, reflected in the video game. So E.T., e yeah, go on. Well, well, what is the Indiana Jones one? Because I'm curious how John Williams scores uh, get uh, uh, honored. Well, you know, it is. it does have a connection. Yeah, we can play a little bit of Raiders of the Lost Ark from Atari 2600 because uh, the man who developed E.T. the extraterrestrial solo also developed Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh. Yeah. The dude, uh, what's his name? He did Lars Revenge. Yars Revenge Yars as well. Revenge. Howard Scott Warshaw is his name. Lars Revenge sounds like a bad day at uh, the rehearsal space uh, for Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> Lars Revenge. It does sound like that. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Well, let's just get into E.T., the, the extraterrestrial. So it was published in 1982 by Atari for the Atari 2600. Uh, ended up being... A, a very good selling game overall sold 1.5 million copies. However, they printed a huge surplus, millions more that went unsold and ultimately helped bankrupt Atari uh, in the great video game crash of 1983. Uh, so, yeah, I mentioned Howard Scott Warshaw, Yard's Revenge, a well-regarded shooter, Atari's best selling 2600 game, actually, uh, was was his kind of uh, masterpiece. He was just 25 when he developed uh, wow. E.T. single-handedly and Whoa. had to make the game in just one month. So most 2600 oh. development cycles were six months to a year, but they had – because they were trying to rush it out for Christmas um, for the holiday season, they had him uh, under a tight deadline after they secured the license. Reportedly was paid $200,000 for this, which is about 550000 in 2020 dollars. So he, he, got a, he got a king's ransom to try to put the couple of this crap together. Uh, and – Basically, the gameplay is you've got a very crude, uh, a, a very crude uh, pixel rendition, um, sprite rendition of ET uh, that can move around and can pretty much just uh, walk and extend its neck slash ascend um, when it's in <laughs> when it's in pits. <laughs> and your goal is to collect. Three different pieces <laughs> of an interplanetary telephone, a very on-the-nose interpretation of E.T. phone home, um, to get to the landing site for his spacecraft while avoiding the FBI agents and scientists I mentioned earlier. There's also a time limit. Yeah. Uh, one of those classic timers that counts down from 1,000. Is the time—no, that's when the ship shows up. There's also, yes. like, the timer of how many steps he can take. Right. Which is like a build—like, his locomotion— is limit like if you use up all his ability to move, he'll die. It's like uh, characters on Twitter. <laughs> mm, each, right. each letter you make, you're almost closer the, to death. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you tweet the way I do, <laughs> oh my god, you just, just lit edgy. a cigarette. <laughs> uh, if, if you're not if you're not familiar with Atari 2600, as I mentioned, it's it's technical limitations earlier. But I think the the thing that maybe everyone of any generation has some experience with is the the TI-82 calculator or the TI-83 calculators, those graphing calculators they make you use in school, and they're sure. still being used to this day. Is that true? Yeah, they, they have like – it's like a fucking – Texas Instruments has like a – uh, a monopoly on it, and so they're not upgrading their equipment, and they're they're still charging the same prices. So they're just making this gigantic profit margin on these 
crude calculators by today's standards. Huh. Um, but but it's basically like playing like that hooked up to a TV screen in color. I think that's the best you know <laughs> analog to what what this game what the system was technically capable of. And even by twenty six hundred standards, even by these these limited limitations, the graphics and sound of this game are terrible. I mean, we touched on the sound, but the, the ET also just like looks like shit. The environments don't look great. It's it's weird because I thought that the color <laughs> palette looks like shit. I thought the color palette was such that they couldn't give you an ET brown color. Like right. I was like, oh, maybe that just wasn't a color available, but. He, it is. Yeah. Like they just chose to make him lime green. It's a choice to make him Skittle colored instead of brown. It's very, it's very odd. Yeah, I get it. You know, that might have been it. But then the movie was already out by the time this game was even in development. (laughs) Like the movie came out, it was a hit. And then they bought the license and then they developed the game. So it isn't the kind of thing where you can kind of be like, oh, well, they just had a script and they were trying to assume what E.T. would look like. You know, they didn't, they don't even have that excuse. And wasn't the license, like I I only read vaguely about this, but wasn't the license to make this game something like 43 or 55 million dollars? in today's money? Yeah, very well may have may have been that much. I remember the figure I wrote was 20 million, so adjusted for inflation. Wow. Yeah, that's that's about probably what it would be. Like that's an exorbitant so amount much money sum. to pay to have permission to make this game. Right. Uh, uh, apparently we mentioned Pac-Man. Apparently Steven Spielberg, who has consulted for this game, just wanted it to be like Pac-Man with E.T. And then they that the but um uh, the the developer rejected that and went on their this own direction. So oh, because it could have been like E.T. eating Reese's pieces. Yeah, re, re, which yeah. are reflected in this game. There are Reese's pieces that you pick up, uh, yeah. which it increase your energy slash can kind of help get get it so that Elliot will help you. Uh, everything is so unclear, and it's not helped by the manual. Here's a little bit of, of from the manual. This is written in first person from E.T.'s POV. <laughs> what kind of crazy planet is this anyway? We come here to conduct a simple study of primitive planets, and look what happened. These things came and scared away my friends. Before I knew it, all my friends boarded our light ship and flew home. What do I do now? The only one I can trust is that nice little alien— Elliot. He gives me those tasty energy pills. What did he call them? (laughs) Reese's Pieces? But these other aliens, every time I get ready to assemble my transgalactic communicator, they come and take me away. (laughs) The one with the white coat sticks that temperature measuring device in my mouth. What? (laughs) I wonder why he was so upset when it melted. And the other one in the trench coat that keeps muttering those strange sounds. Are you right? National Security. (laughs) This is all directly verbatim from the manual. I just want to go home. I hope Elliot and I can assemble all the pieces of my communicator before my energy runs out. Oh, oh, here come those crazy aliens again. Help me, Elliot. Help me get home. Just baffling. There was a book that I had... That like I don't remember who gave it to me, uh, which was letters to ET, and it was like oh, a, I have that book. Yeah, yeah, it's like a book of like kids writing That's letters cute. to ET, and it was all very sweet. I feel like they should have just published that instead of the manual. <laughs> uh, the instructions of the manual: Your mission is to help ET find the three pieces of the interplanetary telephone, call the sh- call his ship, and guide him to the landing pad in time to be rescued. Is this ET speaking in third person? <laughs> this is yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> do this before he does. <laughs> ET phone home. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it very well maybe. Uh, do this before ET's energy runs out, and you'll you'll win the round and score points. Each user versus six sites on planet Earth. So those are the six screens that you can kind of maneuver between. Four of these are full of pitfalls. They are dotted with deep wells, and let me tell you, there are wells everywhere, and it's very very easy to fall into them. The biggest complaint of the game, I'd say, right? Yeah. When people play it is those damn holes. The the hit detection is so sensitive that if like one if there's one pixels intersection with the hole, so it doesn't feel like you're at all positioned over it, you'll just plummet in. Do it. I yeah. mean, I get it because most of the movie is E.T. trying to avoid holes to fall into. <laughs> That's right. There's a lot of ju- there's like ravines and wells. Yep. Yep. Um, there's Hits. gorges. There's canyons. Yeah, they're all just kind of dotted all over the landscape. And what that moment when they fly across the uh, moon, what are they doing but flying over a big hole? Mm-hmm. Bunch of craters. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what they're doing. Uh, Elliot's House, Institute of Science, the FBI building. If a scientist or a an FBI agent accosts you, they take one of your pieces if you've already picked one up. Not your uh, Reese's pieces, but your pieces of intergalactic phone. They don't want you to uh, put that communicator together. They yeah. certainly do they not want to study you. you. Yes. And they study you by grabbing you and holding you in place while you just like shake for a while. And you're like, I don't I don't know what's happening. And then you're suddenly in their building and you can leave. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, based on the notes there, uh, they they're trying to put something in E.T.'s mouth. Yeah. They want to take his temperature, I guess. (laughs) But it melts. But it melts. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Glad I started with the temperature thing. (laughs) Glad I put the thermometer in there first <laughs> um, couldn't remember the word thermometer here's, a, here's another thing for the manual a game ends when E.T. runs out of energy or when you decide to quit playing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah, there pretty much pretty much but yeah, it is a thing for for a and I and I guess like it's it's just the nature of a game in the Atari twenty six hundred era where it's like nowadays if there's an ET game you would finish the story and there would be some sort of ending. Here it's just like you're doing the same thing and if you complete the sequence and you get to your ship and you escape. You're just repeating it again yeah. and just trying to, to to increase your points. Like, that's all there is to the game. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not that then uh, there's a – you're in the spaceship and now you got to – Fight the bad alien in the spaceship, right? Or right. even, or even you get like the satisfaction of a screen of like, like Elliot helped ET go home, and and even though that he'll never see him again, um, he'll have a friendship that will last forever. You know, yeah. it's like they Elliot that. will be good. Yeah, that's good. Right, I remembered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they should have one come up and they're like, ET got away from people who put things in his mouth. <laughs> talk about the graphics a little Please. bit. Please. Yeah. So, until I looked it up, I didn't understand that one of the screens was a forest. Yes. Like it's it looks just like a, a, a an insane sweater. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a Christmas like there's, sweater. There's yes. no yeah. like there's no like it's it's really not easy to tell what or where you are. Why yes. would somebody take this like a big task like this on by themselves? Hubris? Well, I think <laughs> I think 
probably there were very few people who could deliver it by Christmas of that year because that was one of the requirements. Yes. And if he had a huge team, then you'd have to break out all these different programming things. And at the time, the language, I think, for programming was so simple that you it was better to do it just as a single person. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't think you had any sort of sophisticated developer tools. I think they were just basically, you know, hand coding everything. Yeah. And so... I, there, there really wasn't a big division of labor you could do because games were were so simple and the the, the limitations were so strict. Which is so funny because it's the uh, opposite of what, everything about the movie. You know, like right? The the special effects are like believable and dazzling. Yeah. And uh, also, what I was saying earlier about like, oh, you know, it's a special effects blockbuster movie, right. but it's actually like, oh, very personal story. And like this is drained of any uh, yeah. feeling. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, cause uh, I I feel like any sort of sequel or merchandise when you're a kid, probably into adulthood, is like you're just trying to get the feeling you got when you watch the movie right. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And what like not just that the game sucks, but that it's like. The heights it's reaching for, which is like to give you the feeling you felt when you watched E.T. Yeah, the 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 Reese's Pieces scene, Elliot sharing Reese's Pieces with E.T. and like the like kind of like that being like a like a you know touching kind of emotional kind of funny thing. <clears throat> and here it's it, it's reflected by it's like a dot you walk over. Like that's a Reese's Pieces. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just so it's just, it's just so limp. Often the often the color of the screen. So like when you're at Elliot's house, the screen is blue. But Elliot's house is also blue. <laughs> right. Like it's not like it's not even like, oh, you know, they only use two ho- colors on the house. Like, oh, it's a white and yellow house on a blue background. It's just blue world and then blue house. I think they were using so much of their very limited palette on like Elliot's uh, character model. And then they so they just had so little left over for the, the environments because the environments are basically all two tone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's God. Look at it that. Looks You're right. It's blue on fucking blue. Fucking awful. Yeah. yeah, it's blue on blue, green on green. And then that the, like Barbie house elevator that comes down and picks up ET. That's your ship. That's your ship. <laughs> oh, that's the ship. Barbie house elevator. <laughs> it's like the should be on a little string. Yeah. Uh, and then the FBI guy, graphics-wise, what yes. you were talking about, yeah. Heather, the graphics, uh, he's sort of like a, a shitty Dick Tracy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, shitty Dick and <laughs> Tracy. There's two types of holes. Mm-hmm. There's like a toilet hole or a vagina, and those are the only <laughs> ones that you can fall into. <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> One of those I'm very familiar with. Other, not so much. <laughs> Uh, Well, I guess we should get to our final thoughts on E.T., the extraterrestrial, the Atari 2600 game. It's time for our review crew. So uh, we'll each give one positive thing about this execrable game and then give it a numerical decimal rating. I will begin. I feel like this game had cool box art. It was basically just <laughs> like like our hand-drawn art from the movie, uh, but it looks cool. 
And I think that, yeah, it's like it's like one of those paintings that you would have seen in the movie art, but it does that does more than anything in the actual game evoke the feeling that you get from watching the movie ET. Um, this is real. This game's really bad. I mean, it's bad <laughs> even for its era. I'm going to give it a point uh, zero two six. Uh, all right, Heather, go ahead. So I'm becoming very uh, aware through this podcast of how much sound matters to me for sure uh like i like i like sounds i like sounds <laughs> and the thing i liked about this game was et's footstep sounds which just went oh yeah <laughs> can we see can we, we can you pull it up cycle? back it up back it up back it up I kind of find that sound fun. <laughs> it's better. That yeah. sound is better than the Pac-Man blip. It oh, is yeah. definitely better. If it's, you were, yeah, and if you're playing this game as a kid, that's like all you're hearing for like hours on end. Yeah, well, <laughs> and or until you quit. <laughs> uh, so ten minutes in, that is the only good thing about this game. Yeah, is the blip 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 blip. Uh, so I'm going to give it a point zero one uh, out of ten. Uh, everything else is unenjoyable. Maybe, maybe the 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 thing like when you make his neck longer. That is fun, <laughs> and you also get like a boom. Yeah, that sound effects pretty cool. That yeah, too. that's it. Point zero one. Wow. Okay. Go ahead, Matt. So, I I have very fond memories of ET. I think one of my earliest memories is being on the ET ride, oh, like sure. being a little little kid and being on the ride that was formerly at uh, Universal Studios. Uh, this game, it, I, like well, like we said, doesn't evoke anything nice about ET. But <laughs> what it, what the nice thing is, I feel like thinking about ET is just is good enough because he's such a sweet, nice guy. Yeah, and I. <laughs> I think he's uh, uh, such a classic little sweetie, and just thinking about <laughs> thinking about ET in any sort of way has made me at least a little happy. But there's nothing good about there's it's, we're not breaking new ground saying this game is bad. This game is famously bad, right? Uh, but the landfill thing turned out to be true. It's yes. documented in the documentary. Yeah. So I mean, it, I'm gonna give it a like a point zero one because it's it's this game is nothing. Yeah. It doesn't even do any. It doesn't do anything there's not there's it doesn't i'm now realizing i'm i sound upset uh <laughs> this game doesn't do anything I, I i do sort of wish there was like a better representation of et in a video game because i think an et video game could work yeah. if there was like a stealth et game where it was sort of like uh like i truly like i don't know an assassin's creed game as et mm. but without killing anyone uh that could i think maybe work but yeah a point zero one because it's at least I thought about ET. Being able to heal <laughs> things is certainly like a th- like a feel could be a game mechanic. Yeah, that you yeah. can do that little magic finger is all right. Paul Russ, something positive and your numerical decimal score. Uh, well, when I replayed it, I had the same uh, sensation I did any t- other time I would play it, uh, which is ET's face that pops up at the beginning. Uh, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it looks it, pretty it, good. It, it makes a promise. Uh, and it happens every time I realize it's a promise that it can't keep. <laughs> like, I look at those little lines on E.T.'s face and I'm like, well, why can't they just have that head walking around inside the game? Yeah. I want that head <laughs> on a little body. Um, so 
Uh, but the fact that like it can't even live up to that afterwards, it's a real gut punch. It's almost like they should have made the main screen mm, terrible. <laughs> so I'm going to say point zero one as well. Wow. 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 I'm the high man here. Yeah. Point zero two six. I got too clever. You loved it. <laughs> I guess I did. <laughs> uh, but hey, those were our thoughts. But Heather, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're wrong. So we've got some reviews from other sources that perhaps disagree with us. Uh, do you have one you'd like to start with? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, this is from a, a forum post, and the 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 question was, uh, is E.T. the worst game of all time? And uh, Jackass JoJo writes, <laughs> don't let the truth get in the way of a good story, huh? To everyone that's not a sheep... E.T. is not the worst 2600 game made by any means. Go look at 3D Tic-Tac-Toe for one of numerous examples. Based on my 100 cartridge collection, I'd say 10% or less of the games were good. It's the number five best-selling 2600 game of all time and sold over a million units. And unlike most Atari games, you cannot play it without reading the instructions. You'd think a game system with one stick and one button, couldn't have any complexity, but this was one of the first games in history to have an action button that was context-sensitive. And then he bails on his own argument and just writes, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so to hate on uh, E.T., the video game, is a, is a normie move is what mm, this guy's saying. That's yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have one longer one. This is from Vidiot Magazine. I heard you say that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in my other pants. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my God. Nick, go to the hospital. <laughs> uh, so uh, this is from Vidiot Magazine. This is a February, March 1983 issue. So this was contemporary roughly with, you know, con- considering le- publishing lead time. Uh, for a print publication, this was contemporaneous with the game's release. Here we oh. go. Analysis. There aren't a tremendous amount of shortcomings in this game, though a few bothersome wrinkles could pr- probably have been smoothed out had Atari had some more time, or if Christmas was in May, if you catch my drift. As they sometimes point out in the instructions, <laughs> sometimes Ichi will fall back into a well after he has levitated up to the planet's surface. Well, no kidding, guys. Newcomers may get more than a little frustrated with the number of times they find themselves helplessly killing E.T. by repeatedly making him zoom up and down inside the wells until his power runs out. That seems to be the only flaw with an otherwise A1 game. <laughs> it Chill. Doesn't, yeah. It doesn't allow for more than on the Atari payroll. Yeah, I think it's it's quite likely. It doesn't allow for more than one player at a time, though, which seems surprising. You'll want to keep track of your score if you want to get a few people together to play. Uh, uh, but for now, it's a sure bet. So the game seems to have a good degree of longevity, but we'll probably just have to wait and see. But for now, it's a sure bet that Atari's version of Spielberg's latest phenomenon will be the best and longest lasting bit of E.T. paraphernalia under our tree this holiday season. After that, well, E.T. could always meet Jaws or at least Richard Dreyfus. Huh? What? <laughs> what? Wants to see? Wants to see an E.T. Richard Dreyfus game? Wow, like this... Alien versus Predator. <laughs> <laughs> that dude played that game and was like, "This is good." He liked he liked it a lot. Yeah, at the time. Yeah, uh, I have a uh, I have a, a review posted 
August 11th, 2019. This is a recent, oh, wow. a recent review by Orange808. Uh, of course, this isn't a bad game. Uh, the entire narrative was invented by little children that came of age in the NES era. Mm. The ones that played E.T. at the time were too young to play it. They didn't have any gaming skills and understand it. Read the instructions. That age can vary wildly. The others played it in the NES era and Atari sucks because the NES rules and the Atari graphics be so bad. I always <laughs> oh, consider God. the source. If you want to see bad... Try to watch just about anything the BBC put on television what? in the 1970s. <laughs> Spoiler alert, a bunch of snooty old guys sitting in chairs talking for hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not a fan of faulty towers. <laughs> that took a turn. Weird. Uh, <laughs> Do you have any more, Heather? Yeah. He <laughs> also sounded like... A true oldest sibling. <laughs> oldest sibling vibes going off on that guy. Uh, I also have a, uh, a, a, a post on Reddit. Uh, it has received zero upvotes. Uh, <laughs> E.T. on 2600, Atari 2600 is not the worst game of all time. E.T. on Atari isn't that bad if you know how to play it. It's surprisingly complex for the Atari, and considering it was only made in five weeks, it's pretty impressive. And the number one comment is, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, it's time for the question block. This one is from At of Black Lanterns. On Twitter. Okay. Along with episodes of V and the odd idea that the elephant man might be lurking somewhere in the house, the intro to this game gave me nightmares growing up. Any games ever give you given you nightmares? Games given me nightmares. Uh I remember in this is slightly maybe doesn't answer the but uh, Super Mario Brothers two mm -hmm. when you had to go down into the vase and grab the key and it made the mask come off the oh, wall. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That would, like, legit scare me. It was pretty scary. And when I was trying to get out of the thing, it would... So, I'm sure it rattled around in my unconscious when I dreamt. Yeah. I definitely will say that I believe it was the arcade Ninja Gaiden, where your continue screen was you were trapped <laughs> to a you like you're tied down your ninja's tied down and there's a table saw coming towards you oh and God. the ninja is like your pro player character is like shaking his head back and forth as the, the counter counts down from 10 to 1 to get you to put in an additional credit um and if you don't do it the the saw comes down and the screen goes to red and it's so Jeez. fucking violent and i remember that being a thing that i was kind of like like cool but also in a way where i was like scared yeah but I don't know if I had any specific nightmares from it. Heather, anything come to mind? No, I can't think of anything. What when you uh, when you sleep? Like, do you just see black? Like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> do I, you have dreams about I, video games? Ever? I I don't have dreams about video yeah. games. The the closest I get to like a real pop culture dream is uh, the T Rex from Jurassic Park does recur in my dreams. Oh, oh uh, wow! Like that that T Rex, not like a T Rex, but that T Rex recurs in my dreams. Huh. Uh, but yeah, I have um. Uh, I have recurring nightmares about uh, atomic bombs melting off my face. Whoa. And I uh, have since I was a child. And that's just a little bit of the lore that makes me me. <laughs> All right, here's the Ninja Gaiden one oh, you guys can wow. see. Yeah. And this, saw, this saw is getting ever, ever closer. Oh. And he's and, panicking. And it's he's panicking, and it's going directly towards his 
rib cage. The idea when that guy phrased it as, uh, uh, or or uh, one of the reviewers phrased it as like, it's frustrating to let that you're letting ET die again and again. Yeah, it's like, oh, I hadn't thought about like that. Might be a bummer of the ET game is this creature you love. Right, you're, you're at fault for murder, <laughs> <laughs> and not because like. <laughs> But because he's like falling in a hole. This is so preventable. Yeah. Why'd you put the ET on the table? You wanted to. Wow. Let's get another question here. (laughs) This one is from at Spooky Werewolf. What? Oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I should have said, uh, don't get scared. So maybe I have nightmares about that username. <laughs> uh, what is your barometer for abandoning games? Do you have personal rules such as I'm going to put two hours into this before I give up? This is a this is a very good question. I'm curious if you what your guys' answers are. I I will say that I feel like I've played enough games that get good after like hour one or where I just need to. You know what? Here's a recent example is. Breath of the Wild, I feel like the combat is legitimately frustrating at first until you kind of figure out what what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And once you do, it like really clicks and it's actually like a super satisfying combat system. But I've seen a lot of people aban- give up on that game early because it's got a steeper difficulty curve than other Zeldas. And that was one where I just like kind of like I was like, OK, I know that this has a reputation for being a little bit frustrating at first that you have to kind of get the hang of it. It's uh, and so I'm just going to persist. I'm just going to play through the part where I'm not having fun until I start having fun again. I'm glad I did that because that's a game I put 100 plus hours into and and is an all time favorite of mine. I think that my but my threshold is if it's a game with like some sort of. If it's a game of a genre that I like, then I'll give it like, uh, I feel like two hours, like 90 minutes to two hours, I feel like is how much I'll get. And if I'm really hating it at that point, um, then I will maybe abandon it. Unless it's a game I really want to get through. Heather, what's your what's your experience? Well, so I just beat Control and I never liked it. <laughs> like I, 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 I kept waiting I was like, okay, this, it has to be about to get the thing that everybody loves. Yes. Um, so I, but I, have I abandoned games before? Yes. Often I, and I'll abandon a game if I think it's going to be good, but I don't feel like I have the time to dedicate to it. Right. And I'm like, well, I want to save this for later. Like mother three took me a decade to beat because I was like, this is so good. I really want to pay attention to it. And I feel like I'm in the middle of whatever other game was coming out. So I feel like I abandon games that are good more often than I abandon games that are bad. Right. Because if they're bad, it's just like, well, it doesn't matter if I spend an hour playing this. Mm. It's like if you're reading, it's like I, I read more shitty books than I read good ones, because if I read a good book, I want to pay attention to the good book. But if I read a shitty book, I can like read it like for an hour before I go to sleep. And then it doesn't matter if I don't quite remember it or like pay attention to the right. book while I'm reading. Yeah. Yeah. That's my my answer to that question. Apodaki, you got an answer to that. I you know, I, I feel like I give up on a lot of games and I like right now the game that's sitting currently abandoned is Jedi Fallen Order. Mm. And it's because of the fucking map. Yeah. The map is so frustrating, and I, I've been trying to get out of the same level for days, <laughs> and I can't get out of it, and I try I try a little bit every day, and I'm just stuck, <laughs> and I don't know if I'll ever get, I'm, I ever get to a satisfying part in this game. I'm going to try again tonight, 
And I guess we'll see. Boy. But right now, I'm very mad at that game. All right. Yeah, bad map can be killer. Uh, Paul, do you have any games come to mind that you've ever, like, just given up on, thrown up your hands? You wanted to give it the old college try, but you're like, you know what, this isn't clicking for me. Uh, I remember renting uh, the video game uh, based on Platoon uh, for for Nintendo. That was a weird adaptation. And... Uh, I, every time I went off the screen, I just you just disappeared, and I think we gave up on that in like twenty minutes. We're like, "F this." We said that because my mommy was in the room. <laughs> <laughs> she let me say "F this." <laughs> she wouldn't let me. Uh, Platoon was like a hard R movie, yeah, yeah, and like not like a fun war. It's an Oliver Stone war movie about his personal experiences in Vietnam. It's like not. It's it's a bizarre yeah. thing to adapt. Produced by Arnold Copeldson. And uh, that's they won the Oscar for it. Yes. Yeah, it won, it won right. an Oscar. It's I'm trying to think of an equivalent movie. It's it's like if they made a video game out of like Hacksaw Ridge, you know, <laughs> something that's just like yeah. this is very. Or, or but I would say yeah. uh, in general, if the question is sort of like how long you stick with like a video game, for me, I think if it's like uh, two hours in and the game isn't like texting back. <laughs> Right. I just, I'll get a vibe that they're not, the game's not interested. Yeah. I'll do maybe one more text just to see. And then uh, if by hour three, it, I don't feel like spiritually excited about it, but uh, then I call it off. Why waste your time? I yeah. mean, you're looking for, I mean, how at this stage you want a game that you can have a commitment with. Yes. So not one that's going to jerk you around. You don't want to be. Or. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's get one more question here. Okay, let's see. Hmm. Um, this is a good question. Uh, this is from at Stephen Ray Morris. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Uh, do you enjoy playing retro games? How far back would you go before getting bored? I really think the answer is the 16-bit era. I think there's some 8-bit games that are still playable. But they are few and far between. I really feel like that's like for me, that's po the point where games became advanced enough. They all they all tended to have some sort of save mechanism. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the, the stories were a little bit more coherent. Uh, just aesthetically, they were more pleasing. I feel like that's about as far back as I can go and like play a game for long stretches. Uh, how about you guys? Mm, I feel like if it's a good game. Then it's it doesn't matter how old it is. Like mm. Super Mario Three is incredible to play, no matter when you pick. Like you can it's always a game. always pick it up and be like, "Man, this game is incredible." What an eight bit game, and, and to me, that's like one of the few exceptions to the sort of uh, like bar the the line in the sand I just drew. But I feel like that like even that one was so late in the NES's life cycle, and mm. like aesthetically, it's just so advanced. It's basically almost like a proto sixteen bit game. It's it's almost on the level of Super Mario World. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not saying like. But like for me, that's why I like. I think of those games as like. Oh, it has to be that same sort of level of quality for me to be able to 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 still want to play it. Okay. Okay. Do you think Mega Man is a 16-bit ish game? Because like Mega Man Two, I will 
every couple of months sit down and play a few bosses through. Yeah, Mega Man 2, I think, is just like a straight up NES game that's just like really well made. And it's still like, yeah. So I think that or like Super Mario Brothers, the original, I think, is qualified. Zelda 1, I think, are all like, yeah, these are all just straight up 8-bit games that are still playable. Yeah. I just don't think there are a lot of those. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think you can go like not very far back and find games that are worse to play than older game sure like because like i don't know if any of you have tried to boot up a well so we have certainly for the show but like when we had to play games from like the ps2 like uh like early 2000s late 90s like era those games are i find very hard to play because they look gross to me mm. huh. like I, I even a good game i can't imagine going back and playing like grand theft auto 3 or something and enjoying it even though i love right. that game at, like when it was out but because i'd just be like why am i not just playing the new one. The new one yeah. is looks better and is more fun to play. Well, what's interesting about that is yeah. that the, the gameplay of Grand Theft Auto 3 is essentially the gameplay of Grand Theft Auto 5. Yes. Like the, the experience of being in the game is pretty similar mm-hmm. with some like fancier bells and whistles. Right. So being that it's supposed to be a, a simulation of a real-esque world, yeah. then it makes sense that you would play 5 instead of 3. Uh, I feel like there are things in the old games like you don't there aren't cool 2D fucking side scrolling shooters anymore. Uh, There's one on the switch that I started playing recently. That's pretty good. I forget what the name of it is. Uh, But like, yeah, there's not if you want that feeling of like traversing a screen from left to right, mm-hmm. then you have to play an older game often. Yeah, right. Uh, Paul, do you, do, you, do you ever mess around with a uh, like an emulator and play play a game from back in the day? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I clearly I have some sort of cold here. Uh, my my voice is so much uh, lo- lower, uh, three bits lower. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> No, I would so you get like one and a half haircuts. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, um, no, I, I definitely, uh, uh, I could go far as back as Nintendo. I think I could go as far back as uh, Atari. Wow, it does. Uh, it's it's feelings conjure up. That was something I knew until I was like, I think I was seven when mm-hmm. I first played when I played Nintendo. So any like. Video game contact I had was either uh, arcade or a home arcade mm. uh, Atari, and so you gotta imagine what you log online in your brain like age four is when you start remembering stuff. So from like four to seven, my video game experience was Atari. So I I, I think just because of that, it's a little bit in my blood. Wow! Oh wow! Yeah, yeah that's yeah. really sweet. That is sweet. Uh, and uh, but. Uh, uh, when I was a kid, and we, I wanted a Nintendo so bad, and I would walk home from school, and I would conjure up these like fantasies that, like, when I walk through the door, my parents are gonna be like, "We just because you're such a good boy, we wanted to give you a Nintendo. It doesn't have to be Christmas or your birthday to oh, get a Nintendo." Like these sad fantasies, so and cute. then I eventually got it for Christmas, and I played it for a while, and then uh. You know, like most things, it was a thing I really wanted, and it uh, did make me happy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you have questions for the podcast, at GetPlayedPod or GetPlayedPod at gmail.com, hit us up with your queries or comments. 
Uh, Paul Rush, thank you so much for thank joining you, us. Thank you, and thank you. Such for, a pleasure. Yeah, what a, oh, what my a, what pleasure. A the pleasure is all mine. And you know, I know that this is a, a, a podcast about bad video games, and uh, this is almost like a the Plan Nine. Uh, from outer space of, 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 of bad movies. Yeah. Like if there was a bad movie podcast, I felt like, ooh, there was a lot of responsibility here doing maybe one of the first baddies. Mm-hmm. Right. I just hope I honored it. Of course you did. Oh, yeah, please. You did. Or dishonored it. Uh, oh. Mm, yeah, it's maybe more appropriate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want you to know I wasn't building up to the honor dishonor joke uh, that like free, co- co- totally came freely from me. I don't even think the whole thing was like I was building up. You, you've you've got a, like you, a piece of yeah, paper in front of you. <laughs> it's all smudged on your hand. <laughs> uh, the podcast in Voorhees we trust with Gourley and Rust. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Oh yeah, it's on Stitcher and um, uh, it's with Matt Gourley and I, uh, another uh, uh, podcaster. Uh, he's beloved. They know we. Uh, our listeners know Matt from our oh, Friday Thirteenth episode. He's the best, and, and for the many reason podcasts. we did Friday Thirteenth was for in Voorhees we trust, which is, uh, and, th- and then we also have in Guyers we trust with. Or in Myers, we trust with Guyers and Russ. <laughs> so Gorley changed his name to Guyers for this one. Yes. yes so we could do the Friday Thirteenth movies. We covered all of them episode by episode, and uh, uh, the uh, the uh, Halloween movies episode by episode, film by film. So we now have a uh, I think twenty six twenty six episodes. Uh, they go very long, <laughs> sometimes double the amount of the movie. But <laughs> you don't even have to love the movies. You could just Guys talking about camp. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and check that out. And anything else you would like to plug? No, that's good. There you go. And hey, Matt, what's next week's game? Next week's game, Leisure Suit Larry goes looking for love in several wrong places. Ugh, more Leisure Suit Larry. Ugh. Fuck! Well, that's the end of the podcast. I guess it's time to say goodbye. No, no, stay. Come with stay. You be good. I'll miss you. Too bad. Hey, what the fuck? Bye, bye. Get the fuck out of here. See your ass again. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck you. Fuck you, piece of shit. The get, fuck kind of thing is that to say to a person? Get in the hole. Get in the fucking, you get in the you fucking get hole. get in the go, hole. I'll put you in the fucking hole, I, piece of shit. I'm gonna bury you. You little fucking monster. <laughs>